I need Gojira. I'm holding off on Gojira till the morning light. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> you sound worn out. I'm, I'm exhausted. From watching this movie? This movie took it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we do this. I can't believe I've done this. <laughs> I'm spent. There's nothing quite like watching a movie starting at 545 in the morning. There's just nothing quite like it. I can honestly say... I've never started one that early. I think I started one at like 7 a.m. one time for the sake of the show. But I think my brain said, you want this to be the first input of the day? You <laughs> really want this? And I said, no, brain. I actually don't. But I got a job to do. And the people out That's there, right. they need us. That's right. And if not us, then who? That's right. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Movies on the Side. I'm Steve. Hi, everybody. I'm Nate. <laughs> it's Nate. I took so many notes. I took notes to stay sane. Okay, listeners, we're, we're going to jump into the movie. Listeners, today I forced Nate against his will. I literally forced upon him the money to rent this movie so we could review Godzilla colon King of the Monsters. I can't believe you've done this to me. I can't believe this, it. This is the second Godzilla movie we have reviewed on this show. We did the 1998 Godzilla starring Matthew Broderick, which I think Nate has repeatedly stated. The worst. Is it safe to say it's your least favorite movie of all time? I think so. Yes. I think yeah, it's close. Yeah. Reserve all judgments because I do want to find out which of one course, you, of you, course, of you course. hated worse. But anyway, Nate, I, you'd be surprised to know this movie on Rotten Tomatoes scored 41% critic score. Mm -hmm. But just take a wild guess. What What? tens range do you think the audience rotten tomato score is for this movie i'm gonna say that it's somewhere in the like a lot of fan service you get to mothra and you get to the other monsters mm -hmm. i'm gonna say that mm -hmm. this movie pulls in a low 70s audience score people love mm -hmm. these old monsters mm -hmm. nate it pulled in an 83 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes <laughs> you know what at this very moment i'm thinking maybe we do let the titans rule humanity is it's not too fit. far gone <laughs> too, far too far gone it's too far gone nate i also subjected my wife to watching this movie oh my yeah i have a couple pull quotes that <laughs> i think we'll get to at some oh, point man so this movie is supposedly a sequel to the 2014 godzilla movie that was my very first thought when i watched this is oh no this is going to play heavily back to a 2014 movie that i never watched I saw the 2014 Godzilla kind of out of the corner of my eye. Mm -hmm. It's one of those movies I kind of had playing on in the background while I was doing some work. You know, that's what these movies are for. You know, they're not really just meant to sit there at 5 a.m. and give it your undivided attention. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, man. It's, it's not because it will destroy you. That's what happens when you give it. <laughs> yes. Okay, Stephen, questions about the 2014 movie that you barely paid attention to. That's right. What is the modern mythos of why Godzilla exists? Well, if you were to believe this movie, Godzilla is the grand uh, peacekeeper of uh, the Earth. Okay, here's what I understand from this movie. <laughs> we didn't make the Titans with our nuclear experiments, but no, no. we did, however, wake them up mm -hmm, with our... Mm -hmm 
giving that like giving them a jolt of life and right. maybe breaking holes in the ground so that this hollow earth that we live on mm. i hate that so much <laughs> that they can come out is that what we're meant to believe here I, yes i believe so and this is in contrast to the 1998 godzilla with right. Matthew Roderick that implies our nuclear nuclear <laughs> Our nuclear weapons created Godzilla from a salamander or whatever uh, or origin. Yeah, this this uh, mythology is that these guys have been around for a long time. They're dinosaurs, and which we we actually watched a 20-minute stint with my three-year-old daughter with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to prevent her from calling these things like monsters and dragons, we were like, look at the dinosaurs. Oh, the dinosaurs. These are all dinosaurs. And that's what dinosaurs do. They breathe <laughs> breathe nuclear breath and lightning spray. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about that. But anyway, yeah, so this mythos is these things are ancient, been around a long time. Lifespan is unknown. There used to be people that lived down in the hollow, like a, a, right. an Atlantis. Atlantis, people. I assume. Yep, yep. And But, but the three-headed uh, dragon dinosaur is an alien. Right, <laughs> right. Sorry. He's an right. He's an alien. Sure. He's an alien. Therefore, yeah. He's these other titans are like, yeah, they're gonna be around, but they're gonna they somehow make the earth fine. They're like the anti-pollution. Right. They end up springing to life things, but the three-headed guy is all about he's bad news. Right. To be fair, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how anyone in this movie could tell the motivation of this guy and how he wants to turn the earth bad because i believe that all titans are basically going to destroy cities and humans it's just that this one they said he's trying to make it like his his own home planet mate i have to admit hearing (laughs) us trying to analyze the plot of this movie is probably as exhausting as it was for you to watch it Oh, man. <laughs> this seems extremely tedious. Okay, let's start at the beginning, Stephen, because I need to go in. I need to get into this. This is going to be yes. Van Helsing-esque. <laughs> okay, yes. Here we go. Our opening is with uh, Millie Bobby Brown and her mom, Scientist. Right, from Stranger and, Things, and yes. she's from everything else. I don't remember right. what Vera is from. Right, but we have an opening with the uh, Mothra. Mothra the larva hatches out of its egg, right? Right. That's the yeah. That's the, in that's a monarch the facility. You know, I just realized that's kind of ironic with the mm-hmm, butterfly. Mm-hmm, mon- mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Meet Titanus Mosura, or as we like to call her, Mosura. Incredible. So supposedly, Millie Bobby Brown's mom. I should probably pull up her actual name here. Vera Farmiga. Her name is Doctor Emma Russell. Her char- character name. Right. She has supposedly developed some technology called orca for <laughs> the macguffin of this movie <laughs> and this orca device supposedly she can if she finds the right frequency she can manipulate the bioacoustics of the titans with the orca that's it you're doing it so that she can either calm them down or make them really angry it feels like that's that's it's like a binary uh, situation Cal- yeah, calm mode, rage mode. Right. It's like on those lawnmowers. You got the turtle and you got the rabbit. You know what I mean? You go right. down to the turtle, right. you go Those to are the, the two settings it. of the orca. Now, the orca right. works 
as kind of like a laptop with a little top thingy. And what that right. does is if you can really isolate the biofrequency. That's right. What right. you can do is, for example, because they know Godzilla's every grunt and growl, they <laughs> yes. can track him because right. of the frequency right. he gives off. They could take his vitals from 300 miles away. They could take away. his vitals, which they said, we can see his vitals, I said, in my head. Oh, I get it. So you can keep track of his hit points and his mana regen numbers. Uh, this is going to be very important because while the two monsters are fighting, we're going to want to know, A, right. Godzilla's heartbeat, B, that's his right. strength and when he's about to blow up like a nuclear bomb. It didn't make any sense. And C, yeah. so we can really um, tell whether he's angry or peaceful. Right, right. He's zen. Very zen. It's very important to know when Godzilla is zen. Right. Otherwise, he just looks like an angry monster the whole time. <laughs> Can I say, all these monsters have very beady eyes. All beady and are, eyes. Like, all, <laughs> they're almost too humanistic. Like it looks super weird. It's very strange. They're trying to give them personality. I guess. That's a tough tough hill to climb. A word about the Orca device made for Monarch for controlling the Titans <laughs> by their bioacoustics. Sure, yeah, yeah. She I'm follow. In the in this Mothra opening, she is trying to find the right frequency to control Mothra. Mm -hmm. And so she's having to, there's like a horizontal bar she's swiping across frantically. <laughs> yes. And then another area where she's kind of going up and down frantically, something like right. that. Right, right. Just some slider bars, yeah. And every time I saw her trying to manipulate this device, all I could think of was, why did you make this a touchscreen? Just put a knob. Just put a knob there. Yes. Like an old-timey radio. It allows for much more accurate. Right. And why do you need it to just be two graphics? Why can't it be number-based? <laughs> Why can't it be like... Those waveforms are not telling you anything. Right. Did you notice that whenever they tried to communicate with the three-headed one, there were three separate little sound oh, waves goodness, to represent no. the three heads? Well, it's trying to be realistic. You know what I mean? I completely understand. When they bring the orca, at the very beginning when they awaken Mothra, she has to have the laptop like close to it. Why couldn't she have that orca thing back in the safe bunker area? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So she has to have it close by, like Bluetooth. Because later in the movie, they manipulate monsters like that are miles away. They, like throughout the whole world. Yeah. I feel like they're <laughs> right. projecting things. It's like, oh, they can hear yeah. things from thousands of miles away. Yeah. But apparently not at the beginning. And then the other use of the orca that I found crazy is when the girl takes, like unplugs it, which is as simple as this like, what is that? You know cables. There's kind of like a... It's a it's VGA a USB or... cable. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever you plug mics in... XLR. Yeah, you got the XLR yes. cables. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. just like a... So when she takes it and takes it to Fenway Park, which is the weirdest inclusion of a sports <laughs> right. arena, right after X-Men right, Stadium, right. or right. maybe Batman using the Heinz oh, Field. Sure. But she just takes it and she's like, oh, I know how to do this. I'm going to project right. this through right. the stadium sound speakers. I just like, Sorry, very simple. here's my little XL or what? here's my little VGA. Done. And now I'll just tap uh, find Gojira. Got it. <laughs> Tapped. It's Done. very user-friendly. Unlike a modern MacBook, it has every port known to man. Every port that you VGA. need. No adapters yeah. needed. That's right. And apparently, Ella is the only one who can operate it. But mm. that is completely dispelled near the end when the girl goes, 
got it. Maybe she right. has she's learned from Ella how to operate this orca, but it seems as easy as plug in, select the sound that you want, right. tap mm-hmm. the circular sound pattern. That's all you got to do. The truth is, Millie Bobby Brown, she has her special 11 powers in any movie she'll be in from now on. Now, I don't know Stranger Things things, so you're going to make Stranger Things references, and I'm not going to get them. Well, that's fine. But that's for the people out there. That's for the listeners. Yes, the people people understand Millie Bobby Brown has special powers. Not not the character from Stranger Things. I'm talking about the actress, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. She has special powers. That's right. So that's... That's That's a fun name to say. It's a great... It's a great name. Millie Bobby Brown. I want to ask you, of all the actors in this movie, most of them are incorrigible. Just can't stand most of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But she, I feel like, out of all of them, probably does the best. Not better than Ken. Not better than Ken. Ken, Ken, who is Ken? Who is Ken? Oh, Watanabe? Mm Mm-hmm. Gojira. Okay, I'm going to get to Ken in a second. But all I wanted to say was... (laughs) Give me back to Millie Bobby Brown. (laughs) Millie Bobby Brown, because of Stranger Things, Mm -hmm. has probably gotten very good at staring... At an X on a piece of paper and pretending mm, it's a monster. Yes. And I feel like she is the best at doing that in this movie. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Like there are there there was a time when her and her father character, Dr. Mark Russell. Played by Kyle Chandler. Right. Who I kept calling Matt Chandler in my mind, and I said, Nope. <laughs> wrong Chandler. No, that's the Pastor Village Church. <laughs> but sometimes the two of them are both looking at a monster, either flying away in a helicopter or something. Yep. And she, I believe her looking at the thing. He looks like he's just totally dazed, staring off into the distance. So whatever Millie Bobby Brown has learned from Stranger Things, it has worked. And she knows how to look at a fake monster that's not really there. Yes. So good on you, Millie Bobby Brown. Mike, I love you too. Ken Watanabe, who plays Dr. Ishiro Serizawa. For Serizawa! (laughs) This man has an unhealthy obsession with Godzilla. <laughs> okay. Now, he was in the 2014 movie. Do you remember him from that? Vaguely. I do. I like him as an actor, and I like him as a character, but some of his lines in this movie, I have one I'd like to quote. <clears throat> you might have had this one written down also. At one point in the movie, he says, we must put our faith in Godzilla, to which my wife looked at me and said, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The man died the way that he wanted to live, which was touching Godzilla's <laughs> rough skin while saying goodbye or my friend, my old friend. His death scene to me made literally no sense. We call him Gojira. Everyone wants to touch the big monsters in this movie. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. That's all anyone ever wants to do is everyone reaches out their hand. Millie Bobby Brown does it. Ken does it. Vera does it at some point in time. Everyone wants to make a contact. It's like it's the Kong Skull Island issue. Mm, Don't right. touch the monsters. <laughs> Don't. Hands to yourself. Hands to yourself. Hands Don't to yourself. Uh, yeah. Next thing I wanted to say early on in this movie, the Verizon guy is in this movie. Is he for real? Not the can you hear me now guy. The guy who's in all the commercials now, uh, oh. Middleditch, Benedict Cumberpatch. Oh, Thomas Middleditch, yeah. He's in all those commercials. I thought I recognized him from somewhere. That's hilarious. Yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't like him. No. I mean, he, he was fine, but I think he just played himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about Bradley Whitford playing Dr. Rick Stanton, the guy with the glasses? Oh, yeah. 
Bradley Whitford was insufferable in this movie. Yes. I couldn't yes. I couldn't stand any of his lines. Nope. He's just I don't know if he's trying to be kind of the the funny element. I guess. I would like him to be played I would have loved for him to be played by like a Jake Johnson, the guy from Jurassic World. The oh, nerd yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Right. Okay, well, first of all, Millie Bobby Brown and her mom are kidnapped by this secret group organization, and it's made to seem like they are kidnapping them against their will, you know. Right. To get the Orca device. Right. And we find that they have found Monster Zero in Antarctica, the three-headed dragon. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're talking about Monster Zero on the, the ship, which I did think their plane was cool. I forget what they called it. Yeah, it's all very difficult, though, the different planes they're in, because I think they just used right. one plane interior, but a lot of different plane exteriors. That's so true. It's tough to tell, like, are you in a submarine? Are you in a plane? Are <laughs> that, you is, in a... That's, that submarine looks suspiciously like <laughs> one of the plane <laughs> cockpits. We have two We have two cockpits that we have to use over and right. over again. Just change the house plant on the side wall. Different lighting. Yes. Green screen in different skies and water. Yes. But there's a scene where they're talking about Monster Zero, this three-headed dragon. And Dr. Aileen Chen, or Dr. Ling. Yes. She's talking about it. She's like, this monster. The ancient people were so afraid to write anything about Monster Zero. We barely have anything. And as she says this... She is scrolling through literally hundreds of images and documents showing this monster on the table. And I was like, wait, what? And it doesn't make he's any right sense. He's right there. Yeah, he's right there. Look, all these people wrote about him. What are you talking about? So it's just strange. strange they moments. always have that in movies where whatever they're talking about, it is as if they dumped like 35 pictures on a desktop. Right. <laughs> just like here's everything like here's an article here's a picture right i think right. if you were talking about godzilla giving a brief you wouldn't just have like 25 pictures of cave drawings of godzilla open to be like see i researched it <laughs> right it's like what you put together an hour before your project is due you're like ah, i did all this research i need the... a 25 slide powerpoint but i only <laughs> have one slide of information just put bunch of pictures of godzilla in there that's right that's right okay so they go to this antarctica land and we right around this time kyle chandler comes into play yes as the dad yes now he gets pulled in from being a wolf <laughs> photographer <laughs> <laughs> the acting that he does in this movie is a very much it reminded me and i wrote it down here Kyle Chandler acts a lot like Nicolas Cage. Every line is either whispered or shouted. And it's all done with a level of rage that does not always fit the point. But it's kind of like, well, we need to kill him. They took my daughter. We need to kill him. What do you mean we got him here? That's my daughter up there. That's good, that's a good impression. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's Godzilla is. I hate that. I hate that guy. Godzilla's the worst. It won't bring Andrew back. I hate I it, Yeah, that's all that's all that's all he does, yeah. It's the pits. It really is the pits. And there is nothing more pitsy than his acting in the Antarctica scene and him holding the gun and the girl not yeah. going to him. The only thing worse yeah. in that scene is when a bunch of guys line up with machine guns and fire at a monster. Can we not? <laughs> Can all humanity just stop firing machine guns at monsters that are bigger than, oh, 20 feet? Any less, any bigger than 20 feet, don't fire guns at it. Mm. So 
he tries to do a fake Liam Neeson rescuing his family from this Antarctica thing. Yes. When he ran in there, I fully believe that he would never be able to rescue them, <laughs> even if he found them. I just, I did not believe his ability to rescue. Good thing he found a gun because he didn't have one going right. in, which I think nope. is a, a bit of a overlook for the people that were with him. <laughs> give the, give the yes. man a gun. Yeah, something to help him out. But yes, there's the scene where he sees his separated wife and daughter. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Thinks he's saving them, but they turn away and they do not run to him to be saved. And he is very confused, like you said. And then there's this weird elevator scene. <laughs> he's like trying to chase his family in a second elevator but then he knows like the people down there need to be rescued so he's like oh and he goes back down in the elevator it's very strange where everyone in this scene actually was was very confusing to me yes sense of space and location was sort of lost amid the cg uh, exploding ice everywhere and i couldn't quite tell where anyone was what anyone was doing but somehow amazingly they survive and get out of this place, which again seems very implausible as this three-headed dragon who can breathe nuclear stuff. It's kind of lightning-esque. So the dragon, right. what I know is that the dragon produces warm colors, the yellows, mm, and Godzilla right, produces right. the cool colors, the aquas. Because right. he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. <laughs> so they all escape this place, and on the flight back, I think it's the Argo, is that the name of the plane? Argo. <laughs> No idea. Uh, They do say the word Argo a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the plane. But anyway. We're supposed to care about some of these military people, which I never did. No, no, no. But I want to get to this inscrutable FaceTime call, which is always amazing in these movies. Like, how does his (laughs) wife just pop up on the screen in their ship apropos of nothing? Uh, We have a call coming in. We have a call coming in. The wife, Dr. Emma Russell, comes on and goes into this diatribe about... Why she's actually releasing the Titans. The world is overpopulated and pollution and X, Y, and Z. And so releasing the Titans will somehow bring balance back to the Earth. And she is actually in favor of releasing these terrible creatures. I'm going to say that this was probably her favorite scene. Because I feel like A for effort on this scene. I could tell that like this could have been her casting kind of Mm. speech. She was really trying to milk this one. Well, but I have to say... However much she was putting into this scene, I found it completely ridiculous. I honestly did not believe her conviction in that, nor did I believe the reactions of her husband and Dr. Sherizawa. Like, it was all just like... It didn't really uh, make sense. No. She mentions in that in that speech, and I wrote this down, I guarantee humanity will survive. My imis- initial note right after that, nah. <laughs> Maybe you can't her. guarantee that. <laughs> Maybe by that she means she will survive because she's got the orca thing. When she's going to, even her plan we find out later was to release them one at a time. But how does she know humanity would survive if she releases all these titans? They have done nothing but wreaked like disaster upon humans. Maybe she's watched every disaster movie before this and just knows. Oh, okay. No matter how bad it gets. That's going to be fine. <laughs> we always have Dwayne the Rock Johnson to save humanity. Right. Now, a Godzilla movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I'd watch that. They made that. It's called Rampage. Oh, that's right. And with a big gorilla. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot. Oh, they do mention Skull Island in this movie. I don't know if you caught that. They do. It's a big tie-in because the next movie is going to be Godzilla versus Kong. I'm not going to make you watch that, Nate. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so then we hear about a, an oxygen bomb. Sure. 
that they're going to drop on Godzilla. Sure. No explanation, just saying that it's this uh, super big bomb thing. We have been developing a prototype for a new weapon, an oxygen destroyer designed to exterminate all life forms within a two-mile radius. I'm going to go in here for just a second. (laughs) Yes. Sound mixing in this movie. Mm. Someone laid on the sound editing board and kind of just rubbed their hands over the buttons, I think. This was like a cat at a piano. (laughs) Every sound effect. You want all? Yes. Every one of them. (laughs) Turn it up to 11. That's for our ASMR crowd. It is a cacophony. I, at times, I listened for music because I thought, okay, yeah, Stephen yeah. may think of this soundtrack because you're really good at like listening for soundtracks. And at times, I could hear music, but it was sometimes hard to hear the music over the sound of. <laughs> what did you think about the sound editing in this movie? Ah. Uh... Or did you watch it on silent with subtitles? Because I know you <laughs> no. do that sometimes too. No, I, d- I watched it with sound, but the the problem was it was such a wide range of volume level. <laughs> like whenever there was action, it was like extremely loud. Yes. And whenever there was talking, it was extremely quiet. And that's because Kyle Chandler's whispering all of his lines. <laughs> Just so, I spent most of and the movie. And Toby is also whispering all of his lines. Yes, lots of whispering. I was just constantly adjusting the volume, so I was a little distracted. I could not, because we're watching this late at night, and the children sure. are asleep. They shouldn't. They shouldn't watch this. No, much no, of no. this movie. Not only is the sound mixing weird, but things like the oxygen destroyer, for example, right all go to show that there is so much blinding light demonstrated in this movie. It is either dark and grungy or Mm. really bright and super orange or super blue. I heard before I watched this movie that this movie had really good special effects. I would combat that by saying, no, it does not. (laughs) What it has is a lot of super shiny things To make you go like, oh, this is super glowy and cool. Or it has super rainy, cloudy things to obscure the CG in it. Right, lots of clouds. I found it all visually not interesting. When Mothra was flying and they looked at it and said, oh, it's beautiful. Are you recording this? I record everything. It wasn't beautiful. (laughs) It was just a really white, glowy, blinding thing. Yeah. I would agree. I would not say that these are some kind of groundbreaking special effects. And I dare say they will not age well. Like five to ten years from now, this movie will probably not look good compared to... Like the Oxygen Destroyer was just a really bright light. And it was, to be fair, it was tinted kind of green. So they did go out of the box there because it wasn't (laughs) blue or orange. Well, let me ask you this while we're here. What did you think of Godzilla's character design? I thought he was okay. They showed a lot of Godzilla. And in monster movies, I kind of like the the practical, like, show a little. Yeah. Don't show a lot. I guess because right. this is a sequel to 2014, and they showed a lot of them. I saw Godzilla early and often. 
I don't like his whole body being shown. I every once in a while I did like his grumpy face. <laughs> his yeah. grumpy cat face kind of looking at you. I'm down with that. Yeah. And yeah. the 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 blue uh stuff on the on the shells on the back. Yeah, the scaly cool. stuff. The scaly yeah. stuff. What did you think? I thought it looked cool. I feel like he has no neck in a lot of the uh, shots. Yeah, he's kind of bulldoggy. But maybe that's what helps him not look like a T-Rex mm. because in the in the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, he basically is just a T-Rex. Right. You know, he he looks almost exactly like one. So I appreciate that he looks different. Yeah, he's a little squatty. He's a little <laughs> kind of a bow-legged kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah, rambler. I I like him uh up to the waist. I feel like that's a good design. And then then the short arms and the stubby head. I'm I'm eh. I'm on the fence what about, about the that. eyes? What about the beady eyes? No, I don't like the I don't like the eyes. I don't like any of these monsters' eyes. <laughs> they, they're all they're just too beady. I don't like any. Of them. I thought the three-headed Hydra. I was a little bit disappointed by the graphics of the heads or the. Mm-hmm. They at times seemed a little bit. You ever see the movie Dragonheart, where Sean Connery voices the dragon? I don't think so. No. Okay, it's a really old movie. I thought they would. The CG on those heads were a little strange. Sorry, I just I just Google Dragonheart, and yes, I have seen this. <laughs> okay. Fun movie. I kind of had some Dragonheart vibes. It made me think, oh, are they going to talk? I'm ready for them to talk. Right. <laughs> I merely chewed in self-defense, but I never swallowed. I don't know. Those three heads, they didn't quite... I did like the one head growing back. I'm down for yeah, that. Yeah, that was, that was... Have me a little... Yeah, that was unexpected. Pulls off his own head placenta to kind of, as it grows right. back, I'm down for that. <laughs> that. I was not expecting that. And that, I think, raised the stakes a little bit. I was like, oh, man. It grows back. So you got to like, yeah, yeah, that that's serious. Right. I thought it was going to be like, you get one head now, 20 minutes later in the movie, you get another head. But no, grows back. I, I kind of would have liked even more heads going on. Yeah. Every once in a while, I also liked the the silhouette. Like, he makes a great, he cuts a great silhouette, as That's they true. say, in yes. men's warehouse commercials. Mm. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> and every once, I think that's why they put him in the in the lightning cloud so much, is because he makes a really cool silhouette. Yeah. Yeah, that is it's true. It's just, I didn't like when you showed too much of him. When he finally, like, takes his stance in that city as like the conquering evil one mm-hmm. and they do this wide shot with him in the back with a cross yes the cross what are they trying to do there i have no idea that was exactly the question i, I don't know what they're trying to communicate like devil like the dragon from the they say at some point in time like there was a dragon from the sky mm. so i was thinking maybe this is kind of like a revelations like apocalypse mm. devil sort of thing okay yeah that was my guess that image I know they're trying to make a dramatic image with that, and I was just not here for it. I nope. was like, nope. too much, too much. Well, they do a whole lot of, like, these were worshipped as gods. And yeah. I think trying to provoke, like, biblical epicness, but it felt so hollow, like our planet Earth, I couldn't get on board. <laughs> How did you feel about Mothra? I felt like they really built it up. The whole beginning of the movie is about Mothra. Mm-hmm. We have the whole hatching out of the waterfall, and it looks like an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like by the end of the movie, like Mothra doesn't do a whole lot. Mothra was cool. The very scene, like the very shot that we get in the trailers of Mothra spreading its wings beneath the waterfall, was the coolest Mothra ever got. 
Right. I'm guessing if you were super into the monsters, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about them. Yeah. Those that are really like geeking out over it. I'm sure he was cool, but I thought he had a little bit of heart. Yeah. Him using his little stinger to stab through the Oh the pterodactyl guy. Fire pterodactyl. Yeah. Was fine. So Steven. Yes. What did you think about the monster fights in general? Rate the monster fights uh, from level of enjoyment. So I have to I have to say, I was excited the most to see these big monsters fight. And the first couple, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're like, cool, 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 cool. And Article 1, you know, the first battle with Godzilla and the three-headed monster. I was like, okay, kind of, okay. <laughs> Man, by the end of it, I was kind of tired. I wasn't there for it by the end of the movie. <laughs> there, was, there was at one point, I think it was when the final battle was like ramping up, my wife just got on her phone and she was like, tell me when this is over. Right. <laughs> like meaning the action scenes. Right. They Godzilla becomes kind of lava Godzilla towards the yeah. end. And I still like, they weren't able to bring me back. <laughs> I don't think I would say this about many movies, but I feel like it was too much action. Mm-hmm. There was too many fights. It was almost like a Transformers movie where there's just like nonstop yep. stuff going on. Maybe a Pacific Rim no, the first one I liked. But anyway, you get like action fatigue, like which, where it's just, I don't even know if I can enjoy this because right. like I've over, like over, over, overdosed. So I would honestly probably like two out of five, maybe Okay. by the end of the movie. Right. That, like I, I was, yeah, it, it did get, it got, it got tiring. It has a, a real disconnect between the people of the earth and the monster fights. Right. There is a lot of people leaning against equipment in a (laughs) vehicle as it supposedly gets hit around yeah and then there's the monsters fighting and then every once in a while they're running and monsters are kind of in the background making shockwaves there's a lot of that (laughs) but not a whole lot of like connection between the two no and like all the scenes where there are humans close to the fighting it's so implausible that no one gets hurt. Millie Bobby Brown in Fenway Park as this three-headed dragon is destroying everything around it. Right. I just could not believe that she would be safe and recoverable. As the three-headed one was like shooting lightning that has, we have seen, incinerate people. Or not, I don't know incinerate, but like demake them. <laughs> and <laughs> right, right. he blows it into the sound booth where she's at and she's like outrunning it as it goes through the windows and she yeah. just seems to be like fine yeah i don't i don't believe it yeah one thing i forgot to mention because i did watch this movie with captions mm-hmm. even though i did have volume on mm-hmm. every time mothra was on the scene i would like you to guess the word that they used to describe the sound mothra is making like what word do you think is put in the captions to describe mothra fluttering of wings buzzing of bees (laughs) i i think they probably like if i had a guess from the sound editing i don't even remember the sound mothra made but i'm assuming what they used was like the rooting call of the warthog the buzzing and feedback of a guitar amp and also we combined that with like the the flapping of a thousand flamingo wings and we put those all (laughs) together to make the sound of mothra Thank you for coming to this behind-the-scenes look from the Mountain Dew-infused sound editing group. (laughs) This word is used in the closed captioning of other movies, too, that have, like, aliens and stuff in it. 
And the word is chittering. <laughs> ah. Chittering is put in parentheses whenever Mothra is like talking or making sounds. Sure. So I don't I don't know if that's a real word or if that's just like a made up sound effect thing, but chittering. Nice. Is that is that a sound it makes? Love it. I'm looking up chitter on Merriam-Webster real quick. Okay, yeah, do that. In the meantime, I have to tell you about one more scene that made me laugh out loud. Yes, please. At 7 o'clock in the morning when I watched this movie. <laughs> at some point in time, Kyle Chandler, who plays, I believe, Mark, is says to the Verizon guy, I'm going to get my daughter. And he says, you don't even know where she is. And he's like, I, I was a bad dad. I ran away, I ran, danced with wolves, and I need, like, I can't lose her again. I need to go back. He then, this is the greatest part, and maybe no one else enjoys this but me. He's like, I don't know where I'm going. He then just gets on a plane, Mm. just sits in the back of the plane like he called an Uber. (laughs) Like, he's just like, he never takes off, but my thought was, he doesn't talk to anyone. He's just like, I have to go. And he goes and sits in the back of a plane. And I'm assuming he looks up at the pilot like, well, are you going to take me? <laughs> sir, Sir, you don't know where you're going. Just just lift off. Let's go. Just drive. It's just drive. Thing. Just I'll drive. Tell you, yeah. Mean. It just didn't make yeah. sense. It didn't yeah. make sense why he went to the back of the plane. That's all. So uh, chitter. It is an intransitive verb. Mm. And uh, Love those. It, <laughs> it doesn't really have a definition as much as synonyms. The synonyms are Twitter and chirp. Mm. And then further synonyms are cheap, chirp, chirrup, jargon, peep, pip, pipe, tweet, Twitter. Those are all the synonyms for chitter. Chitter. Sentences would be the chittering birds outside were driving the cat crazy. This is from Merriam-Webster's dictionary. And then the cell phone chittered in his pocket. I do like the word. Yeah, I like the word too. Chitter. And... There's even an example in Merriam-Webster's dictionary from Stranger Things using this word. Well, what do you know? It describes the evil army of the Mind Flayer from season three of Stranger Things. That they are just chittering and squelching around town. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, Nate, I don't have really uh, that many other thoughts about this movie. Well, I have one final thought then, because you can't, I, I don't want to write it just yet, because I have one final no, no, thought. No, 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 please, give your final thought. Here it is. When okay, so when you watch this movie, Vera is bad. She's mm-hmm. working with the bad guys. She's doing her thing. Did you think? What did you think when watching this movie? What, what would happen to her? I thought she would maybe finally see the error of her ways and how it was endangering her daughter, and maybe, which I think did happen, mm-hmm. and then turn back and either be with the family. And like the movie ends with the three of them together or something else. Obviously it was right. something else eventually. But. Okay. So my, the thing that like, I feel like this is so textbook and we've talked about this before. If you've done bad things, but then eventually you learn the error of your ways, you can't have a happy ending. Uh, Movies don't let you have a happy ending because one, you'll go to jail forever. Right. If you were actually like, <laughs> right. You done released an apocalypse. You can't live happily ever after with your family. Right. So I was like, if she ever turns back, all right, now she has to die. So then I just wait for it. But then my thought was this. Did she actually die? She was laying there. She said, long live the king. Mm. Oh, no, no. She probably definitely did because Kong, oh, Kong, (laughs) Godzilla came (laughs) and he was all fiery and he was melting everything around him. 
Yeah, I think. So I assume she melted into goo. Yeah, I think so. I think so. They don't show that. No, they don't show it, but I think it's it's pretty clear. All right, that's all I have. What did you last last thought for me? When Mothra, I guess, dies, doesn't like Monster Zero like blows Mothra up, right? Kind of sacrifices herself by raining down her essence upon (laughs) Godzilla. Right, the little magic Mothra dust. Right. Yeah, falls like Godzilla. I just have to say, I don't know exactly what's happening there, biologically or chemically, but I don't believe whatever is happening. Whatever magic pixie dust that Mothra excretes from her blown up body, I don't, I don't see it helping. You're Sorry. telling me that took you out of it. <laughs> it was one in a long line of things that slowly removed me from the movie. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I wasn't quite uh, at first. I thought, oh, she's not dead. She just kind of sprinkled that down. But then we never saw her again. So then I had to extrapolate. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. she, that was her her body powder. Her <laughs> <laughs> body powder. Her axe body spray rained down. Yes, yes. When Ken Watanabe, oh yes, sacrificed himself. Yes, I thought to myself, he seems a very influential an important person mm-hmm. that you're going to need around in a future world with a bunch of titans. Right. There should have been a lackey on this sub. Right. Helmsman number 25. Right. Where you say, listen, your duty soldier is to go blow up in this <laughs> in this world. We're sorry. You shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't come down to you, but we drew short straws. Yep. We can definitely not sacrifice the leading scientific mind on this. The only guy who likes Godzilla. We can't sacrifice him. So yeah. I'm sorry. We're sending you. That's right. You also have 30 seconds to get back to the ship if you want to try doing, <laughs> setting you, it. You should have well forget tried. It. You should definitely run back. Why can't you set the timer for like two minutes longer and then actually escape? I don't know. I think what happens is once you're out there, I think you're kind of nuclear fried. The suit's not helping you too much, I think. Oh, I see. Okay. So even if you could escape... You would come yeah. back and have a flipper. But you might also be an X-Man. <gasps> That's what I'm saying. I would take the chance. Apocalypse. This movie ends with the other Titans bowing down to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then we smash to credits. To a Godzilla song. And then after the credits, which you did not stay around for, oh, right. it what shows some in Mexico the the bad guy, the British guy, walks into this facility and they're like hey we have this this thing and he walks in and it's a severed head of one of the three-headed monsters laying there on the ground and he says we'll uh, take it it's like a pawn shop he like goes in and says yeah yeah no that's exactly what it was okay i got something for you in the back a 35 foot tall head yep we'll take it bag it up <laughs> it's hilarious. a little layaway all right nate well we need to rate this movie yep on a scale of zero to five orcas, the implausible device that controls the bio acoustics of the Titans in this movie. Nate, how would you rate Godzilla colon King of the Monsters? I'm tempted to give it a one, Stephen. Yeah. But I think yeah. I'm going to give it a one and a half. I can honestly find nothing redeemable about this movie. And so I even think... <laughs> It was not a good experience for me. It actually made me a little sad for what movies are. To me, it feels like it kind of exemplifies the big action movie. And it falls 
has all the tropes and all the things that make it kind of heartless mm. CG fodder. Yeah. And that made me sad more than anything. Mm. So I think I think one and a half. Okay. Millie Bobby Brown was great. Yeah, exactly. Ken Would, was fine. I really liked his right. stopped watch. I don't really understand any of it. He mm. truly believed what he was saying. Yeah. What he was saying did not make sense, but he believed it, <laughs> I felt like. Correct. Yes. If you had to watch this Godzilla or the Matthew Broderick 1998 Godzilla, which one would you choose to watch? I think at this point in time, I mean, I just watched this one. I think right, I'd watch right. the 98 one again before I watch this one because at least the, I think there are more laughable things to glean from the 98 one. <laughs> more ridiculousness and more that ridiculous French, characters. Yeah, that French guy alone. I can't really glean any joy from this one necessarily. Right. I'm doing my best to think about the parts that like, oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The head mm -hmm. growing back on the th three-headed monster was fun. Seeing Fenway Park used uh, out of nowhere, it made me look up the director of this movie to see if he was a big Yankees fan to see if he like oh. just wanted to destroy Fenway. Yeah, what was you he? Know, oh, I think the director's from Ohio. <laughs> okay. Okay. Big Cleveland Indians fan. <laughs> right. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to give this movie a one. I, I, at the end of this, did not enjoy it, and I would not want to see it again. I think the one whole point goes to Millie Bobby Brown, and I would absolutely watch the Matthew Broderick Godzilla again. Nostalgic factor alone <laughs> ticks that higher in my box. I'm not going to rate this one higher than that one. However the quality, objective quality is with, between these movies, this one I just... I think, I, like you said, you made you sad. Like, I was disappointed because if you're going to make a summer blockbuster, yeah, I have all the special effects and stuff, but you got to make it not as crazy. <laughs> like, just insane dialogue and plot devices. This movie's hollow, like our Earth. Like I've said before, people don't <laughs> believe me, but the Earth is hollow and the monsters are beneath us. Now, is it hollow and flat or just hollow? Steven, it's hollow. It's like a basketball. Oh, I see. No top five this week. So listeners, you tell us what top five you would like to hear soon. And you can post on our Instagram, at Movies on the Side, our Twitter at Movies on the Side, and even our Facebook. You can go to Facebook.com slash Movies on the Side and uh, let us know there. Comment. We're, uh, watching tell us if you want us to do more of these episodes. Because as of right now, I'm feeling a little bit fatigued with everything. Everything. We'll watch a good, we'll watch a good movie. We'll watch a good movie next time, mate. We'll watch a good one. I'm, this one took a lot out of me, Stephen. <laughs> well, this took a lot you, out of me. You just watched it. You got to give it a week, and then we'll we'll choose something good to watch. You pick the next one. I want to see a good movie. Okay, you pick the next one. Whatever I want to enjoy the movies again, Stephen. <laughs> what did we do? We just did one that I thought was good, didn't we? Men in Black. I thought we, I thought we thought that was okay. That uh, was joyless and hollow, like mm -hmm. the Earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have someone text me yesterday about Mortal Engines. They they disagreed with us. They thought it was a good movie. All right. Defriend. Unfollow. If you would like to be connected with us, again, at Movies on the Side everywhere, but patreon.com slash Movies on the Side, we have special bonus content there, a ton of bonus episodes. You get access to all those episodes uh, when you support the show. And uh, just support the show if you enjoy it. Because remember, there's no salve to us quite like 
making enough money to get to see these kind of movies without <laughs> paying money for them ourselves. That's right. And you can go to motsfam.com for merch. And I just found out a uh, less expensive shirt that was available from the printing partner. And so Ooh. you can get a Mott shirt for like 15 bucks. It's a crop top. That's why it's less. It doesn't cover the <laughs> no, belly. No. no, it is not a crop top. But uh, you can go to mozfam.com and see all the merch there. So uh, enjoy that. Long live the king. <laughs>